Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith. Oh my goodness, can you believe it? One week until Christmas? How is that even possible? How quickly this year flew by, and and now here we are at another Christmas, and I hope you're gearing up for a wonderful one with your family and people that you love. Well, I'll tell you something. This program is chock full of different people, lots of wonderful people talking about uh, things that we should know about. So for starters, we have Ron Shirk, who is the Director of Development for the Salvation Army in Elkhart, Indiana. And he's talking about uh, all the different aspects of it in terms of the history and then of course, different needs that they have in the community and different needs that they serve in our community. The wonderful Salvation Army always doing so much, ringing those bells at Christmas time. We're also going to hear about um, some safety tips when shopping online. You're going to want to hear this because this week you want to make sure you stay completely away from any type of scam whatsoever. And then what would your health of your tummy have to do with your psychological health and vice versa? We're going to find out with Dr. Tomasino. And then uh, last but not least, you know, they're still experimenting on wildlife for things that it doesn't make any sense because the answers don't come from that. We're going to hear from PETA talking about um, experiments on monkeys that we really would like to see be really a thing of the past. It's all coming up on a show that is brought to you by Balance of Nature, Fruits and Veggies in a Capsule, the way to get you through this season of all sorts of eating of tons of cookies and pies and lots of things that maybe we don't normally eat and drink. Uh, how do you stay healthy? You make sure that your quotient of fruits and vegetables remains very high. And the only way I know how to do that uh, this season and every season is through Balance of Nature. And Balance of Nature provides you with a variety of 32 fruits and vegetables. And when you take three and three of the capsules each day, you're getting 10 servings. 10 servings a day. And that is what your body needs, believe it or not. I don't know about you, but between Thanksgiving and now, I have been subsisting on basically wonderful gifts of trays of cookies from friends and homemade bread and biscuits and things like that. And as much as I love them and they make me happy, they don't constitute healthy eating all the time. So we do that by going to balanceofnature.com. And when you do that and you put my name, Laura, into your promo code there on the website, what you're going to get is 35% off your first preferred order and free shipping forever. So go to balanceofnature.com so that you can stay healthy, especially throughout this season where not only do we not always eat the healthiest, but we also are very uh, prone to being around lots of, uh, you know, germs and colds and viruses and things like that. We want to keep our immune system nice and boosted. Balanceofnature.com. Put Laura in the promo code. When we come back, Ron Shurik from the Salvation Army. Don't go away. It's the way home. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it's that time of year where uh, many of you are hearing bells, and it's not in your mind. It's actual people with a red kettle, often a Santa's hat, sitting there ringing a bell. And it would be known as 
the bell ringers of the Salvation Army. And it always brings a smile to my face and a a feeling of warmth in my heart when I see them there. And I always want to do whatever I can because the Salvation Army has such an incredibly long history and legacy of giving and truly uh, living their mission out on a daily basis. But this time of year is especially special. So I've brought in the big guns from uh, the Elkhart County and LaGrange and Steuben counties. Uh, Director of Development for at the Salvation Army. His name's Ron Shirk, and I'm so happy to have you here on the program to talk about everything the Salvation's doing besides ringing the bells. Thank you. Yeah, great. I'm glad to have an opportunity to share about what Salvation Army is all about, what we're doing. Yeah. You told me a story the other day about how um, one of your bell ringers actually showed up for her first uh, thing to collect the money outside the Harding supermarket. And lo and behold, she didn't have a bell. And you had to run all the way from Elkhart to make sure she had her bell. Um, but she was so sweet. And I she still got a lot of money that day. People going in and out of the supermarket uh, were donating. You know, I think it's because the Salvation Army has such an incredible reputation and all the work that they've done and, and and they're consistent they're they're consistently doing what they do every year so so just give us a little background on what the salvation army does with the red kettle uh promotion every single year but then also maybe a little history of elkhart county's uh chapter and then um what you're also because i know you don't just uh collect the money at that time and do things you have so many beautiful programs going on uh, where people can donate and help out Sure. Great. Maybe, if you don't mind, let me just kind of start with a, a brief history, because you, you pointed out the consistency and um, the the history of the Salvation Army goes all the way back to 1852 in London, England. And a, a gentleman by the name of William Booth, who was a ordained, freshly ordained uh, Methodist minister, and he quickly found out that the traditional route of a pastor of getting a church and preaching in in the pulpit each Sunday was just not his thing. And he just had a heart and passion for the people that were out on the street, literally living on the street in London, England. And he began to just pivot that way. And he was kind of ostracized for it, but he reached out to these street people, people with addictions, people um, in uh, the sex industry that were trapped in, in that lifestyle and all these all these situations. And he reached out to them and he shared the good news of the gospel um, of Jesus with them. And many came to faith. And interestingly, um, when he tried to get them connected into one of the churches in London, the story is that a lot of those churches were like, eh, we we really don't want those kinds of people to come to our church. I, I know that's a sad, a sad um, commentary, but over time he realized, you know, I just need to kind of create something that will be for these people. And so he and his wife, Catherine, uh, by 1865, they had uh, a large contingent of people that they were discipling, training to go out on the streets, and it just took off, um, and it grew. And so eventually it expanded beyond London, England, the British Isles. It went to Europe. It came to the United States and Canada, and now you can find the Salvation Army in about, well, I think it's 133 different countries around the world. 
Here in the United States, uh, we have a very strong presence. And that consistency of just reaching out to those who are forgotten, those who are neglected, those who have been kind of labeled as, and we just don't want them around, those are the, the people that we love to serve. And it's happening all over the world, but it's also happening right here in Elkhart, Elkhart County, LaGrange, and Steuben counties as well. That's wonderful. So not only do they turn to faith because of what they're being taught, what are some of the services that are provided by the Salvation Army besides people donating money and it going to just helping them with personal things? Sure. So, yeah, uh, what you would find here at our core, uh, which is the military term for our facility, we we will uh, assist people that come through our doors uh, with financial assistance, uh, running the, the gamut from rent assistance, utility assistance, uh, sometimes even a mortgage payment assistance. If they have a job and they have a transportation uh, problem, we'll help them with maybe a trolley pass or even, you know, giving them some way of, of getting some money to help them get to work. Um, beyond that, we also have a food pantry. And it's open three days a week at our Elkhart location, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. And by the way, we are seeing a significant increase in the number of people requesting food assistance. Uh, Food scarcity is on the rise. Um, Economy and seeing the uh, upsurge in inflation, it just makes it really difficult for people to make every uh, dollar count. And and many of our, our clients are employed. They have a job. Maybe they're seeing a reduction in hours, which that's kind of a thing happening around here. So, you know, they need they, they need somebody to come alongside and help them out. So we're there to help them with a food pantry. Everybody gets a box of food, um, non-perishable. We also give them some perishable food, some frozen meat uh, in particular. This time of the year... At Thanksgiving and Christmas, we are uh, enhancing that, increasing that, because we're just seeing that need is is there, and it's significant. So the, the food pantry is another area. Um, Laura, we also do uh, counseling. We have a, a great program called Pathway of Hope, which is um, coming alongside a family and coaching them helping them to make some good decisions that will break them out of the cycle of poverty. And I really like that because we had a a recent uh, needs assessment done for the Salvation Army. And one of the things that really stuck out is we need to really focus on transformational uh, work, meaning, you know, not just handing out food or financial assistance, but we really want to see people experience change in their life for the good. And whatever that that is for them, we want to help them. And so the Pathway of Hope program is is there to assist in that and help that uh, get accomplished. Wow, that's a lot. That is awful, an awful lot. Now, the food for the food pantry, are, is that donated by by any regular citizen or do you take the money that you acquire through fundraising to pay for the food. Right. So we have, um, with the local food banks here in Michiana, we uh, will receive some donations from them, which we are very grateful for. In addition to that, 
we will get food donated by businesses and individuals. Uh, we actually right now, I think, have four food drives that have been going on uh, with businesses and companies here in Elkhart County. And um, that really helps us keep our, our supply up. We um, we get individuals that come in. We Just yesterday, the um, Concord Early Learning Center, uh, their owner and their director came, and they just had boxes of food. We didn't even know they were coming. Wow. And they just showed up, and they blessed us. They blessed our clients with with a, a, a very generous donation of food. So that's that's really the heart of how we get our food. Now, if we have to, we will spend money. We don't like to have to do that, but yeah, sometimes we do have to go buy the food with the the money that's been donated. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. And um, I know besides uh, ringing the bells at, at, at Christmas time, there's a couple other legacy um, drives that you do. I know one is the, the Paper Angels that uh, uh, that's in conjunction with, is it Walmart and Target? Uh, just with Walmart, okay. yes, Angel Tree. Mm-hmm. Angel Tree. Yes. Tell us a little bit about Angel Tree. So Angel Tree is um, a program that is a collaborative effort between the Wal- Walmarts and Salvation Army nationally. And so we have two Walmarts that fall within our service area here in Elkhart County. We have the one on County Road 6, uh, North Elkhart, and then over on Old US 20. Both of them are participating in the angel tree. We set up a Christmas tree, and on it we have our paper angels that have the names, uh, not names, take that back. They have the um, descriptions of families, uh, adults, number of adults, number of children with some needs that that particular family uh, would like or need. And so uh, shoppers at Walmart can uh, purchase items. They can do it in the store. They can do it online. And there's a reception box right there that they can put their items in. Then those items we will receive and we then in turn uh, provide them to uh, clients families, children who are in need this time of the year. So that's the angel tree. I love that. I've had a guest on my show, Jimmy Wayne. He's a country singer, but he talks about um, go having one of those paper angels when, when he was little in foster. Yeah, he was a foster youth, and uh, it, he even wrote a song about it. So, wow. yeah, it's it obviously makes a great impact on people. So that's a good one to know. Now, I know you have another one, and this is especially important because this is happening going on right now in our area, and you are in need of some beautiful baskets with red ribbons on them, but it's what goes in the baskets <laughs> that you're looking for a few dozen more. Yes. Um, thank you. We're, we have uh, an initiative called Red Ribbon Baskets, which um, is meant to provide some basic needs for families in need. And we have families that will sign up requesting assistance. This year, we have, um, I think it's a little over 300 families who have requested assistance for that program. So what we are looking for are donors. And um, we are getting close to our deadline. Uh, December the 12th is our our collection date. So just a few days remaining now that we're at the 1st of December. But we're looking for donors who it can be individuals. It can be 
uh, a business. They can take one or more um, baskets. We have the baskets. We have all kinds of baskets at our facility. So we provide the basket. We just ask the donor to go out and if they would uh, fill it up with household items, cleaning items, things that can be used in a home, as well as personal hygiene items. Fill it up. If they want to put a nice, beautiful red ribbon on it, that's great. And then we will distribute that to the families on, uh, let's see, this year it will be December the 15th. And uh, these 300 families or more will be coming and will hopefully have 300 baskets to give. Absolutely. Well, I know that our listeners here at 95.3 MNC are incredibly generous. And I think that's what I I love about the Salvation Army. It really, it brings out the generosity in people because they believe in the work that you have been doing for all these so many years. And uh, it's just a, it's a great way to put the focus of Christmas. If you are going to be, you know, buying things and buying gifts um, to be able to buy for a family that you doesn't, you don't have to know them, but knowing that it's going to make their day or help them in some way is just the best feeling. So that's exciting to know. So people can stop by the Salvation Army, which is on Main Street in Elkhart, correct? Yes, that's correct. And they can pick up the basket there. Yep. Okay. And um, then take it wherever they want to get these items. And do you have like a list uh, of suggested items we do uh, with each basket we have a, a little list that uh, gives some suggestions for household items and personal hygiene items um, it's just a suggestion and you know they can go and do whatever they want to fill that up with with those kinds of items or maybe some other things too yeah wonderful what are your hours there that people can come by and grab a basket we are open monday through friday starting at eight thirty in the morning we do have a, a kind of a break at the lunch period where the uh, reception area is shut down for lunch so eight thirty to 12 noon then we reopen at one o'clock and we go until three o'clock so those are our general hours and we always say, hey, if your schedule doesn't work for those hours, give us a call. And there are some of us like myself that are there beyond the three o'clock um, hour. So, you know, we'll make sure to get you in, get you your baskets and get you on your way. Oh, how wonderful. That sounds great. Well, uh, tell us if there is anything else that we can do um, as a as somebody who lives in Elkhart County or LaGrange County or Steuben County. What can we do um, to help out besides all of that? Or is it just, I mean, throughout the year, obviously Christmas, you have a lot of programs that are endemic to the, you know, the Christmas holidays. What about all year long? Is there anything that you feel like uh, you would like to get the word out about? Sure. Let me just say one more um, area that we always can use help. And you mentioned it at the the beginning here is bell ringing. Um, We, we rely on volunteers for the most part to be our bell ringers at our kettle locations around Elkhart and over in Bristol at the Hardings. So it's a very easy process now. There's a website dedicated for volunteers to go on. It's called registertoring.com. That's it. You get on there. You can pick your location. You can pick your day. You can pick your uh your time slot that you want and you just fill in the information and boom, you are ready to roll. 
And hopefully we will have that bell there for them to <laughs> to ring um, and they can ring their heart out and uh, help us raise funds to, to meet the needs of those here in our community. I love it. I had no idea. So register to ring dot com is the website. I'll have to go there and look because as as long as we can do it somewhere where it's a little bit warm, do you ever do it inside a store? <laughs> um, not not traditionally. Not right? traditionally. Oh, okay. uh, we do encourage our volunteers to take breaks when they you know need to and get get out of the cold. Uh, warm, be warm in your dress if if it's on one of those cold December days. Uh, so and and we always encourage if you want to volunteer and bring some family. Um, some friends to come and ring the bells with you. That's great. They can come and sometimes it's a whole family affair just standing there and with smiles on their faces and encouraging people to drop some money into the kettles. Oh, I think you might get yourself uh, quite a few of them this year because, as I said, our listeners are super generous here at 95.3 MNC. Ron Shirk, thank you so very much. Director of Development at the Salvation Army of Elkhart County, which also includes LaGrange and Stuban Counties. And thank you for all you do um, for bringing this uh we go way back in grade school. We were buddies uh, when I lived here. Um, I won't say how long ago, but <laughs> it was middle school. And so I've known you since then. And it's just so wonderful that we both moved back to Elkhart exactly at the same time. And uh, I'm so happy to know about all you're doing with the Salvation Army. Thank you so very much for being here today. And uh, yeah, uh, ring-a-ling. Be looking for my name on that list there. All right. Thanks, Laura. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Tis the season to shop smart, so says McGruff the Crime Dog, the United States Patent and Trademark Office, U.S. Customs and Border Protection, and National Crime Prevention Council. This is the season to really be careful when you're buying. Um, And it's not to scare everyone and take the joy out of it, but really to keep people's eyes wide open um, because it's also the time where scammers and and people are really trying to take advantage of the American public when it comes to shopping. My guest is Paul Del Ponte. He is the executive director of National Crime Prevention Council. So grateful to have you on. You were on with me last year and I really enjoyed um, getting this information and indeed had some of my own experiences over the year of some fraudulent uh, things going on when I was trying to purchase items. So I thank you so much. This is an important time to remind us of some things people may not understand. Uh, well, thank you. It's great to be back with you. And uh, we've, we've got to keep awareness up. And that's re- that really is the key. For sure. Uh, what happened to me this year was I went to buy what I thought was a Dyson uh, sweeper vacuum and where it said it was from Walmart and they were having a sale. So I clicked away and I paid my money. And as soon as it went to a, a private person's uh, PayPal account by the name of Josh something rather, I realized something was amiss and it scared me. And I was re- able to get my money back um, and the vacuum never came because it was fraudulent. Um, but this is just one of millions of cases that happens to people every year. Tell us what, what the most obvious ones um, or the ones that are most occurring, Paul, if you would, that people need to really be careful about. 
Sure, sure. Well, I, I, you know, the, people need to be aware of all products, uh, apparel, uh, electronic devices, household goods like vacuum cleaners, uh, things that are popular, uh, sneakers, uh, athletic apparel, um, handbags, of course, are, are talked about a lot. Uh, but it's really, it can be just about any, any product at all. Uh, uh, somebody can try to uh, make a, a, a fake counterfeit product and sell it and make money, and you're putting money in the hands of criminals. Some things to look for, as you said, when you know you realized as soon as you went to that somebody's individual PayPal account, you were being defrauded. Um, look for signs before you get that far. If you type in Walmart.com, and if Walmart is spelled with two L's or two T's or something like that, you're being faked. Shut that browser right away. Um, if you're on the site, look look closely at all the pictures and how the products are presented. Um, are they presented in such a way that is unusual? Like you said, it's Walmart Dyson. Uh, Dyson doesn't market that way. Um, is the, is the deal too good to be true? And at the old adage, if it's too good to be true, it probably is still, <laughs> it holds true. It holds true in the digital age, just as it did back last century. It's so very true. And I imagine there's, there's other things, but it, that not only, you know, end up defrauding you of money, but some of them are even dangerous. Tell us about counterfeit products that could actually pose a danger to consumers. Absolutely. And if you think about the types of things that are being counterfeited these days, electronics, um, phones, tablets, you're holding those in your hands. Even some manufacturers have had problems with the lithium batteries catching on fire. What a counterfeit product that, that doesn't have to go through any uh, regulatory safe, safety checks or anything like that. The chances of fire increase dramatically. We're talking about fake products resulting in um, more than 70 deaths a month in the U.S. And if you get into the areas of fake pills, especially there's a lot of concern about fake pills being laced with fentanyl being sold now. There's uh, somebody dying of fentanyl poisoning about every five minutes. So the numbers and the danger are are, uh, are increasing. Um, they are in car parts, uh, car parts that are being sold as fake goods directly to big suppliers. So imagine putting fake brake pads on your car, something no consumer would knowingly do. So you've got to be really careful to make sure it doesn't happen to you. And, you know, during a time when, first of all, people are scrambling to get the gifts and the items that they want. And in addition, when there's inflation going on, it's like as if we don't have enough, you know, uh, things to deal with when it comes to consuming goods. I mean, all of this is it just it, it sounds like the perfect storm. But it, like you said, could be a matter of life and death if you're talking about uh, counterfeit products, um, especially ones laced with fentanyl or or that are bogus um, in every way, shape or form. So what can we do? What's a how do we keep our eyes open? What can give us those uh, signs that uh, we might be going down a wrong path that might we might be able to uh, tell young people as well? Because I think it might be more obvious for young people to get duped into these products. You know, it, it goes both ways. I think there's a lot parents can do to teach their kids, and there's probably some things that kids can do to teach their parents about safe shopping online. Uh, we have a whole campaign with McGruff the Crime Dog called Go For Real. Um, kids can come on and learn to be a dupe detective themselves, to spot the clues, look for the typos, look for the typos on the website, look for the fake logos. Um, you know, we're all familiar with the big brands out there. Everybody's excited to get that new jacket or those new sneakers that are the in thing that year, especially teenagers. 
Absolutely. They don't want want to be faked. So if you tell a teenager, hey, be careful, you could be faked, they're going to probably say, I'm too smart for that. And you're like, okay, you're too smart. Look closely. Make sure you are smart. And, And if they are smart, they will buy smart. Absolutely. And whatever you do, don't buy a Dyson vacuum from a guy named Josh. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Paul Del Ponte, thank you so much. Um, This is really important stuff to be aware of, not trying to be a Scrooge or or a Grinch taking the joy out of buying for the holidays. But indeed, thank you. This is a great warning for people and a way to keep safe. Thank you so much for joining us on the way home. Uh, My pleasure, my pleasure, and uh, thank you. Oh, yes, tell me a website. I'm sorry. uh, Our website Mm -hmm. uh, where you can learn more information, you can have McGruff teach you how to be a dupe detective, is ncpc.org slash go for real. ncpc.org go for real. Slash go for real. Okay, perfect. Thank you so very much. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to you as well. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. We don't often think about uh, stress and and what we eat and things like that having anything to do with uh, our psychological uh, well-being or vice versa for that matter. But if I look back on it, I can see that for sure um, when I'm stressed out about you know, anything or eating all the wrong foods and stuff like that, it does cause me to like worry a lot. And so I guess there's a connection there. And we have on a doctor who knows all about it. Catherine Tomasino, Dr. Catherine Tomasino, co-director of the Behavioral Medicine for Digestive Health Program at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. I hadn't really put the two and two together, but I I know that you're going to have some great ideas um, on ways and things that you can do to help mitigate these issues, especially around the holidays. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here today. My pleasure. So what what is the connection between gut health and psychological well-being? Absolutely. You know, there's actually a hardwired connection between our brain and our gut. Um, we call this the brain-gut axis or the brain-gut microbiome axis. Uh, it's this complex pathway um, where the brain and the gut, and when I say the gut, I mean really the entire digestive tract, um, they're communicating through the nerves and through neurochemical signaling. Um, and because of this, uh, we can have some dysfunction or poor communication between the brain and the gut. That communication pathway can get thrown off by a number of different things, including stress. Uh, and that can change how our digestive processes are functioning and what we're experiencing in the brain. So uh, our brain if this is all thrown off, might not do its job tuning out or turning down signals from the gut. So we might feel normal digestive processes that we typically don't feel. They might feel really uncomfortable or intense or even painful. And then on the other hand, uh, our brain might be sending signals down to the gut that cause changes in gut functioning and lead to digestive distress. So um, this might be based on stress stemming from the environment or stressful thoughts or emotions that we're having. And that can really impact um, what we're feeling in our gut and our digestive processes. I guess so. And I think just knowing that there's a, a correlation there and uh, to one towards the other is that, you know, it kind of for, forewarns you with some type of knowledge and it can help you. Now, what are some of the things we can do to, uh, you know, calm down maybe the gut when it's having these types of reactions and vice versa? 
Absolutely. So, you know, one of the first things we think about is the the role of the nervous system, because when we're stressed, what we're really doing is activating a part of our nervous system that was designed to help us manage uh, threats in the environment. Um, and that works really well if there's a physical threat in the environment, but doesn't work so well if that threat is a long to-do list or having a bunch of uh deadlines around the holidays, parties to attend, uh, difficult conversations. Um, So one of the things we can do is make sure we're taking steps again to manage and calm down that stress response. Um, If you take nothing away from today, I like to tell people to remember this is real. This isn't in your head. And yet our brain impacts things. So we want to use that brain to improve our digestion. Um, Diaphragmatic breathing is a technique I teach pretty much all of my patients uh, in clinic at Northwestern. Um, And this is very slow, deep, relaxed breathing that actually turns off the stress response in our body and has a number of direct effects on our digestion. It can improve the pace or the movement of digestion through our gut. It can turn down the pain that we're experiencing, shifting attention away from our symptoms, and it can actually strengthen the lower esophageal sphincter, uh, which keeps things in our stomach and prevents reflux. Oh, that's so interesting. And now that you bring that up, it just, I can think of a million times in my life where, you know, the two things have been going on at once, whether I was nervous or stressed out and it was affecting that and the slow uh, diaphragm breathing is something we had to learn in theater school uh, to get us at a peaceful centered place before mm-hmm. we would go on stage. And now I see that there's actual uh, medical and therapeutic reasons for it as well. And and who knew? Um, so this is wonderful. So instead of just reacting and constantly uh, maybe popping those antacids for the acid reflux, um, there are other more uh, organic ways, I guess, holistic ways of, of uh, bringing that down. So um, what else can you offer us in terms of uh, the, the connection between the psychological and the, and the gut health? Absolutely. Uh, I, I'd love to offer some more strategies because that's what people really need, right? There are a lot of people suffering. Um, one of the things when you think about how do we respond to stress, so so often we think, well, I just have to solve the problem. I just have to get rid of this stressor and get things checked off of that to-do list. But we don't actually take time to pay attention to our routines and our habits, we kind of let those go. And that makes our digestion and our digestive processes a lot worse. So for example, uh, we've got a lot to do. So we might skip meals during the day because we just want to get things done. Um, And then we're really hungry and we have a very large meal at night. That pattern can actually really disrupt our digestive functioning, um, leading to bloating, constipation, or diarrhea, leading to reflux. Uh, So making sure we're prioritizing our routines, having regular meals, throughout the day instead of going long periods of time without eating or just grazing uh, throughout the day, making sure we're prioritizing sleep. Sleep has a direct effect on our GI functioning. There are a lot of really important things that happen in our digestive tract while we sleep, but it also helps us better manage stress. So making sure we're still prioritizing sleep, even when we've got a lot to do, um, and then moving right? So this doesn't have to be a hardcore exercise routine, even just getting out and walking, getting up from the desk. uh, All of those things can have a huge impact on our digestive functioning. And finally, the go-to most people realize, but paying attention to our diet, you know, what kind of food choices are we making? Um, Those cookies might be easier to access during the holidays. They're out on the counter, but and, and you can treat yourself to that, of course, but that shouldn't be the only thing you're having, right? Making sure you're still getting that nutritious food as well. 
It's so true. I just had a cookie on my way into the studio <laughs> to, to do this only because it was a Christmas cookie and it was sitting on the counter. So you must have been uh-huh. in my house when you saw that. But it's truly it's it's good to know. And it's great for people to step back and really think about this, you know, trying to keep their stress levels down, but also keep their their habits healthy, regardless of the fact it is the holiday season. We all kind of go into double duty mode and mm-hmm. try to get everything done. And it and it can affect our health. So we just want to be able to enjoy the holidays with our loved ones as much as possible. Thank you so much, Dr. Catherine Tomasino. Uh, really appreciate your wonderful ideas um, with all your clinical expertise in behavioral medicine for digestive health at Northwestern Memorial Hospital in Chicago. Thank you for being on the way home. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you have a nice day. Thank you. Happy holidays. You too. We'll be right. Thank you. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Once again, here's Laura. Every so often, I have a, an all-important uh, chance to talk to someone from PETA who has just worked tirelessly over the decades, the years, to try to get an end to uh experimentation on animals. It's just, it's such a practice that I've never understood. Even when I was a child, I said to myself, I I can't imagine they're coming up with real solutions for people by being so cruel to animals. And indeed, I was right when I grew up and, and here to talk all about what is happening with the monkey trade and the experimentation on monkeys is, is absolutely so brutal and so terrible for potentially for humankind as well as for the animals himself. I'm so grateful to have Dr. Lisa Jones Engel here, Senior Science Advisor on Primate Experimentation for People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, other, also known as PETA. Thank you so much, um, Dr. Jones Engel. Uh, this is just amazing. I, I really had no idea that they were still doing this, still doing so much experimentation on primates, on monkeys. I thought we got to a point where we said, they're so much like us. They're so close to being human. We couldn't dare do that. I guess I was completely wrong. Um, unfortunately, yes, because it turns out that this primate experimentation in the U.S., which is funded by taxpayer dollars, is actually part of a global wildlife trade and endangered species. You know, this industry, which is greedy and unspeakably cruel and violent and deadly, and in which U.S. companies are allegedly engaging in illegal activities and really recklessly exposing the U.S. public to zoonotic disease risks, is unfortunately all too alive and active. Um, and it's, you know, all the while, they're, they're feeding the laboratories, the, the end users, in the U.S., whose experiments on these disease and stress monkeys kept in these tiny cages, you're right, they have consistently failed to produce any meaningful improvement in human health. Well, who in the world thinks this is okay and a good idea? And why why does it take your organization, PETA, to be one of the only ones to truly stand up to it to the point of trying to eradicate it? Who in the world thinks it's, I, it's, it's an industry. It is a billion dollar industry that has done this for, for decades. And they've, they've basically said, Hey, you know, we, we don't care where, um, you know, they're going into Asia. They're cutting down the, uh, the sleeping trees. They're, they're clubbing and they're netting these animals. They're, they're stuffing them into, into rice sacks and, and wire bags and, and, and wooden crates. You know, the, the adults will fight to the death to keep their, their infants alive, but it, it, it doesn't, they don't stand a chance. This industry, in this industry, monkeys are money. 
And that also means that they are basically boxing up. Actually, during this pandemic, they boxed up nearly 100,000 macaques from Asia, brought them into the U.S., and then put them in the the CDC, the Centers for Disease um, um, Control and Prevention, approved quarantine, and then distributed them throughout the, the U.S. And at every point along this wildlife trade, chain, which is, this is a pipeline. At every point along this, these monkeys were exposed to and infected with pathogens that they pick up from, from humans, that they pick up from other animals who are, who are kind of caught up in this wildlife trade as well. And they, they're actually even leaving these, this quarantine, this required quarantine, which is supposed to identify and protect the U.S. public. These monkeys are leaving this quarantine and weeks or months or years later are showing up in facilities around the country with these really dangerous, deadly pathogens, which represent a significant public health threat. Oh, it's absolutely abhorrent. I, I, it, just, it just makes my, my blood boil to think about this. What can the average person do who feels the way I do? What can we possibly do to say no more? You know, the thing is that up until now, this industry has operated in secrecy. These monkeys were stolen in secrecy. They were moved in secrecy. They were in these kind of CDC black sites that no one knew where they were or what was going on. But PETA is really, we are ripping the the cover off of that one. And so I think that what your listeners can do is to educate themselves. And so I'd invite your your folks to to go to PETA.org forward slash stop monkey imports. It's all one word. Take a look at the document, you know, with the Freedom of Information documents, undercover documents. Look at some of the videos. And I'll warn you, these videos are, they're difficult to see, but this is the reality of this industry. Mm. And then with a couple of clicks, you can actually send an email to the CDC, the authority which regulates the importation. And you can say to them, hey, shut the door on this monkey abduction pipeline. That has to be done. They have to stop coming into this country because it's the consequences for wild populations which are now endangered. The U.S. experimentation industry has driven two species of macaques towards extinction. Let that sink in. That is, that is so <laughs> profound that we have driven a mammal, a, a, a primate that is so important in the ecosystem to extinction, towards extinction because we keep rounding them up in the forest and bringing them here and stuffing them in cages and continually failing to produce meaningful treatment. It's, yeah, it's so nothing's been money. cured by yeah. this, right? Nothing has been cured by rounding up these hundreds of thousands of, of poor monkeys. Nothing has been cured. Nothing has been solved. No human has been helped by it. And yet they're all tortured and and killed and, and carry diseases that eventually can leak out and hurt humans same CDC that uh, did us so wrong during the pandemic. I, it's just atrocious. And I'm just so grateful that you and your organization are keeping us all aware about these because awareness is the first step. And then once it is, we can do whatever we can to fight against it. And let's hope that the government will take a look at this and just see how incredibly dangerous you'd think the pandemic would have taught us a thing or two by now about uh, messing with nature in this way. 
I thank you so much for all the work that you do. And thank you, uh, Dr. Uh, Jones Engel. I really appreciate it. And once again, that website is PETA.org forward slash. What's the last part? Stop forward slash stop monkey imports. All one word. So that's go there, read the information and, and let the CDC know that is that is a huge step in getting this shut down. PETA.org forward slash stop monkey imports. Thank you so much, Dr. Jones you. Engel. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back. Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, it's that time of the program where we love to focus on beautiful things that have been happening in the world, because if there's anything we need more of this time of the year and all year long, it's good news. And for that, we turn to our guru of good news, Jimmy Cleefield. How you doing, Jim? And what do you have for us? I guess you can say that the holiday spirit in these two stories for this week uh, is very much alive and well, and I'll tell you why. For example, in Nashville, Tennessee, some Home Depot employees were having kind of an ordinary day at work when all of a sudden one employee, uh, Adam was his name, he found something uh, on the floor. It was an envelope, and it looked to be maybe an empty envelope. He wasn't sure. You think, well, maybe I'll I'll just pick it up. Well, it wasn't exactly empty. You know how much was in that envelope? $700 in cash. Now, the question is, who was the one that dropped the envelope and lost it? Well, Adam did the right thing and went to his supervisor, Alyssa, and handed the envelope to see, you know, where this possibly came from, who dropped it, who lost it. And she said, oh, my goodness, who could it possibly be, he or she? Well, she had to do something to try to identify this person, but without giving out too much information. So you know what she did? She used that old reliable called social media to try to get the word out about this. And thankfully, somebody got uh, back by the name of Mark, and he said, yes, my business partner, Jonathan Clayton, he's the one who lost the envelope, and he had to describe what the envelope looked like, what the contents were, what was written on it, and uh, finally, I passed the word on to Mr. Clayton, because he was panicked, he was worried, he didn't know what he was going to do, he was trying to find the envelope, so eventually, Jonathan uh, got the word that the envelope was found, he came back, and he said originally that that $700 that he had in the envelope, he was going to buy it uh, some gifts for his kids, that was intended for that, so, but he was so appreciative of what Adam and Alyssa did. So he came back to the Home Depot eventually, and he not only thanked them, but also left a small gift behind after getting the envelope back saying, thank you for what you've done. So he is very relieved. And thankfully, by the way, that Adam said, uh, Mark said that his partner, Jonathan, says that Mark is, uh, is, Adams is a social media person. So otherwise, he never would have heard about it. So thankfully, he's got the envelope back. Everybody's happy and a Merry Christmas for all. I love it. Honesty. The best policy yes. every time, every time never goes out of fashion, never goes out of fashion when you find something and you take it to the manager or you take it to the police station or whatever. That's it's just the best thing to do because someone, you know, is looking for it. Love that. What else do you have? And, and I'm just going to add in a positive story about social media. Yes. For a change. Well, social yes. media does. I do it for good. You're absolutely right. And you know what? Because there are, there's the pros and cons to everything in life. But that's when social media really, really comes through. I love that. 
Well, then there's, yes, and then uh, I want to take you over to Alaska because there's a program that's uh, been around actually for over 60 years now. It's called Operation Santa Claus, and uh, it's a small village in Alaska that started this uh, through the uh, National Guard. I'll take you a little backstory here. It was 1956. They started this Operation Santa Claus to help some villagers in St. Mary's because at the time there was a devastating flood that year, and their supplies for food, uh, for hunting and fishing was completely wiped out, and the money that they were going to spend on Christmas gifts they had to buy on food instead. So what happened was the Air National Guard in Alaska eventually used this program to deliver donated food and supplies uh, for those villagers. Well, now fast forward to some 60 years later, and uh, Santa Claus is coming into play here for some kids in another village that's about 30 miles near the Arctic Ocean, very, very close to it. Well, what happened was that this Santa didn't arrive by sleigh. No, no, no. See, this Santa left his reindeer behind and arrived by a National Guard cargo plane. And the kids were standing on the deck. And you can imagine the excitement in their eyes just seeing them say, it's Santa, it's Santa, it's Santa. They're so excited to see him. Well, he and Mrs. Claus arrived there with uh, some supplies through this Operation Santa program. Not only did they rush over, they got some hugs from the two, Mr. and Mrs. Claus, but they also got uh, some gifts and uh, Store, uh, books and supplies, all kinds of gifts, some uh, candy, all kinds of wonderful gifts. And because uh, these kids, you know, were kind of in need, uh, there's about 1,400 of these kids. And uh, j- but this program has been going on for over 60 years, and just to, to help these local villagers. But it's one of these places where everybody knows everybody else. But again, it's an example of why the holiday spirit is so alive and well for those people in need. And uh, you'll find it in Alaska. You find it everywhere. I love that. Always, and it's a wonderful time of the year. There's a lot of people who put their own desires and needs for the the holidays to the side and and think of others. And you know, in my heart, I've always said, and like the Salvation Army, I always want to do more. I want to, I want to do something. You know, so it's a great time of year to volunteer in one way or another for a great cause. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, Bob and Jim, for always making this. I can't believe we're coming up on Christmas this week, but uh, make it one that keeps you in the present as you're buying presents, as you're maybe making presents, whatever that is. Make sure the presence, the gift of the presence of your company with those that you love is always present. Indeed. And on that note, we'll see you next time. Have a beautiful, beautiful countdown to Christmas. You're listening to The Way Home. I'm Laura Smith.